Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Team Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Feathers in My Hair. It's just me this week. I know I've had guests on for lots of weeks in a row. I hope you guys liked my four-person episode last week. Uh, I thought it went okay. Definitely not going to be something I do normally, but I found it fun. Right off the bat, I want to mention that you guys should all be following my Feathers in My Hair Instagram account, E-B-P underscore feathers. Please come follow me. I'm posting like multiple times a week. I really love posting on it. I post stuff I find on Reddit and Twitter and just on like the Teen Mom cast and characters Instagram feeds. I post like radar articles. Basically, I'm curating. (laughs) Don't you love how now everybody curates stuff? Like five years ago, no one curated shit. And now I'm curating a Teen Mom Instagram feed. Like, get the fuck out of here, Liz. Not curating anything. But I'm posting, like, what I think is good and funny Teen Mom content. Uh, My pictures are getting lots of comments. And by lots, I mean, like, six comments on each. But that's, that's a lot for me. And uh, it's fun. We can talk. You can talk to me. You can always send me a DM on there. I DM with people. Yeah, I just, I really am enjoying doing the Instagram thing. So come follow me, EBP, like Emotionally Broken Psychos, underscore feathers, and you will find my great Teen Mom content. Like just this morning, I posted about the fact that all of Ferris storefronts have apparently closed down. We knew Froco had closed. But we did not know that Sophia Laurent, the children's boutique, and that her furniture store had closed down. So I'm 0% surprised. I don't even know when the last time she was in Texas was. It's crazy that she had like three fucking stores and was never there. I think we all know how Farrah is making an income now. And I would like to say that that income is being an escort you know, and if that's how she wants to make money, like, whatever, but I think it's very fucked up that she brings her daughter along to these escorting adventures. Very, very, very fucked up. (sighs) It's just tough for Sophia. I feel so bad for Sophia. Also posted on my Instagram this week, Leah is apparently back with that boyfriend. I don't know if I talked about it on the show. But a few weeks ago, like at the beginning of November, she had said she broke up with him. She gave a quote to In Touch saying that he wasn't in a good place in his life, which is, you know, alarming for somebody who's in his 40s. (laughs) Look, I'm not saying you like have to have all your shit together in your 40s. But like if you're 26 and you're dating a guy in his 40s and he's not in a good place in his life, like maybe don't get back together with him. Because they're back together and they just celebrated Thanksgiving all together with all the kids. Because why wouldn't Leah do that? Now, 
I know I'm on record saying I love to I love a blended family, but I love a healthy blended family. Oh, Leah, I think she'll be, I think she is possibly already pregnant. If not, she will have a baby by this time next year. Oh, man, oh man, oh man. So okay, this I shockingly I did not like the episode of Teen Mom Young and Pregnant. I felt like nothing really happened. There was no storyline pushing through. I did like OG, though, which, I mean, is a real weird turn of event for me. Like, there's usually not a time that I'm like, ugh, I hated Young and Pregnant. But OG was good just because OG is a really bad show. But apparently this week we switched things up. I want to start with Bristol. I know things are weird. I want to start with Bristol. I want to talk Bristol. I didn't like Young and Pregnant. Things are weird. Bristol is a conniving snake. Oh my God. Okay, there's something so loud going on in the background of my house right now. <laughs> oh my God. I need a podcasting studio. Will someone buy me a podcasting studio to put in my house? I would appreciate it. I don't know how I would put a podcast studio in my house, but, like, where can someone just, like, pay for me to have a podcasting studio that I can go in record in? But, like, the catch is it has to be in Malvern, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Not in Philly. Nowhere far. Like, within a 10-mile or not even 10 mile, a 10 minute radius of my house, I would appreciate. Maybe I'll go 15 if you can find one in Westchester. Okay? I'd appreciate that. Anyway, Bristol is such a little snake. Like, I, she is so conniving. She constantly pushes narratives. I think I'm, like, really anti-Bristol. I think I've been anti-Bristol. But this week, like, she really told on herself this week. She's such a dumb dumb who thinks she's in control. So, Dakota has the girls, and Bristol's going to be taking a trip to Alaska to see his dad, and she's going to see her family. She's talking to her friend in the car, and she said she's having money. She's having issues with Levi over money. So, she says, okay, so let me just explain this. This is what I've gathered. I might not be right, but. Okay, we all know Trip is on Dancing with the Stars. And I guess in order for Trip to get paid at all, the money has to go into a trust fund for him. And if the money doesn't go into a trust fund, Dancing with the Stars just doesn't pay him, which seems weird. I know in like the state of California, they have Coogan accounts. Is that what they're called? Coogler? Coogan? I don't know. They're I know exactly what they are though. They're named after a child star who's like, pre, even pre-Macaulay Culkin, whose parents just, like, totally wiped him out. And it's, like, 15% of your earnings have to go into a trust that the parents don't have any access to. I'm wondering if maybe Dancing with the Stars was, like, you can come on our show, but we're only paying contestants if there is a trust set up for them. And we're not paying them out otherwise. So, Bristol's telling her friend that she sent Levi the contract that would basically agree for Trip to get the money put in the trust fund. And she sent it to him two months ago. And he's been sitting on it for two months. So you're watching this scene and you're like, yo, fuck Levi. Like, Trip deserves that money. Trip is the one doing this work. Okay, I need to take a deep sigh because, like, don't get me started on this idea that, like, Trip is working and getting paid. I think that's so inappropriate. 
I really, (laughs) I'm such a fucking hypocrite because I'm talking about this on the podcast called Teen Mom in which I regularly talk about the children on the job that they have, which is this show. But I just think it really anti-child actors. I'm really anti, like, tripping, doing something like Dancing with the Stars children. It's just so unnecessary. There's no reason for him to do it. Like, he, will the money in his trust account be nice? Like, sure. Don't we all wish we had a huge trust waiting for us? But I just don't, at what cost, at what expense? You know, like, does he need to be on this show? Is this making his life better in any way? I don't think so. But you're listening to Bristol's conversation. You're like, wow, that's fucked up. Like, of course Tripp deserves to get paid. And why isn't his dad signing the contract that he's had for two months? Bristol also complains that Tripp or Levi isn't giving her any money for the plane tickets back and forth from Alaska. But that, even right off the bat, I am not on Bristol's side about because... Bristol's the one that moved Trip to uh, Texas, you know? Like, Trip had lived in Alaska for six years. Like, I think they had only lived, they've only been living in Texas for, like, under two years. How old is Trip? Is Trip nine? Yeah, because 2008, yeah. Okay, so Trip is, like, nine, almost ten. Trip lived in Alaska for, let's say, the first seven or eight years of his life, where his dad lived. And I think that if you move your child, like, away from the other parent who is an active person in their life, although Bristol says he wasn't active for four years, but now he is active. I don't know. I don't trust anything she says. That's where I am with Bristol. I don't trust a single thing that she says. But in my opinion, like, I don't think it's unreasonable that Bristol should be paying paying for Tripp's plane tickets back and forth because she's the one that chose to move him. And she didn't move there for, like, a job or anything like that. She moved there because she was going to be with Dakota. So, my sympathy levels for Trip not paying for the plane ticket is, like, pretty low. I think that for all scheduled visitation, like, Bristol should be the one that has to pay for the travel. And Bristol should be the one that has to accompany him. Although, he can get on the plane by himself. He's almost 10 years old. 10-year-old kids can fly by themselves. I don't think I ever flew by myself when I was 10. But my parents were divorced. (laughs) It's, like... The worst thing that I've ever said on this podcast. (laughs) Yikes. But I started flying by myself when I was like 12 or 13, I think. You know, I think Tripp will soon be able to fly by himself. I think if if Levi wants Tripp to come on a non-scheduled visit time that he should pay for him, but for all of their like scheduled visitation, because I'm sure there's a custody order, that should be on Bristol. I think this is what drives me nuts about Bristol and what drives everybody in her life nuts about her. I think, and Dakota even said this, although don't get me wrong, like, I'm not really on Dakota's side. I'm also not really on Levi's side because I do believe he was a deadbeat for the first five years or whatever. And then his wife finally made him step up. By the way, I literally just saw two minutes ago when I paused this podcast um, because it takes me like nine hours to record these podcasts when I record on my own because I just pause and like look at my phone and do other shit. Um, I just saw that uh, Levi and Sonny are going to have a fourth child. Mm. I guess that's... Wait, is Tripp in that picture? I don't know. It's probably their... It's Levi and Sonny's third child, and Tripp is the fourth child. He was in that picture. He's much older. But I'm guessing, like, Tripp got... Or Levi got with Sonny, then he became a dad, so I'm not really on Levi's side either. I just think Bristol, like... 
makes these decisions in her life and expects everybody else to follow along with her and not question what she's doing. And she thinks she's the smartest person in the world and that nobody else should question anything she does. And if her baby daddies aren't, like, falling in line behind her, like, then it's their fault. And she even says to her her friend, she's like, I don't understand why I'm having such trouble co-parenting. Like, I want to do better. Like, if they need me to do something better, I want to do better. And I'm like, do you, though? Do you? So, uh, Bristol and Tripp are, like, packing for the trip to Alaska. And they're talking about moose hunting. I don't really feel like getting to a whole hunting commentary because I'm not really anti-hunting at all. I grew up in a hunting family. Hunting doesn't faze me. But also, like, not, I don't know. I don't know anything about moose hunting or caribou hunting, so I really also don't have an opinion on that. But uh, Levi calls and, or I guess Bristol calls him to see what he'll need for the moose hunting trip, and then she's like, okay, I need to talk to your dad about something. And she's like, have you signed the papers? And he was like, no, I have not. And he said, you know, I am I just need to read it and then I'll sign it. And she's like, you've had this for several weeks. Now, let's keep track of where we are in our timeline. Bristol told her friend that he had the contract for two months, which as a viewer, you're like, that's a fucking long time. Then she gets on the phone with Levi and says several weeks, which to me is not two months. You would never say two months for several weeks. Several weeks means less than a month, in my opinion, right? Then Levi lets us know that she never sent him the fucking contract. What she sent him was the signature page, and he didn't send. She didn't send him the contract until four days ago. That's slimy. That's snake-like. For all Levi knew, she was sending him, like, terminating rights paperwork. You don't just send someone a signature page, especially someone that you've had, like, a pretty contentious relationship with. Mm -mm. As soon as we heard that, as soon as he said he only had the full contract for four days, (laughs) Bristol, you a snake. You a real snake. I will say, though, that I think overall, like, Bristol fits in with this show in a much better way than Corey. As I discussed last week, like, Bristol does fit into the show a lot better than Corey and Cheyenne. I think, I think I'd be fine with Bristol getting another season on this show. I think if Corey and Cheyenne get another season, like, I mean, what am I going to do about it? I'm just going to be, like, grumpy. I'm not going to do, I was about to be like, I'm going to stop watching, but, like, (laughs) I'm never going to stop watching. Even if, well, actually, if I didn't have this podcast, I probably wouldn't watch the show. I would just watch the clips that MTV puts out because each week MTV does like a sneak peek and they post like a two minute clip for each mom. And then I would read recaps and comments on Reddit. And I think I would feel like really great and up to date and like I wouldn't have to watch the show. I actually used to do that. Like, I don't think I've seen every episode of Teen Mom, just so you guys know. I know I'm like telling on myself right now, but. You don't need to watch the episodes, which I'm sure a lot of you are nodding your head along because you don't watch episodes. You just listen to me talk about them. So yeah, Bristol's a total snake. She just sends a signature page. Then she tells everyone in her life what a piece of shit Levi is. And if you'll notice, like she always frames it as like her baby dads are like really hindering her children. 
it's like never even things that she they're doing to Bristol. She's like, well, you know, he's not signing the paperwork, so Trip's not getting paid. And then you're like, yeah, what a fuckhead. Like, Trip should get paid. And then you realize, like, oh, actually, Bristol's just, like, being crazy. Sent him a month ago a contract signature page, and then four days ago sent him the full contract. It's crazy. So we're in Alaska. Alaska is fucking beautiful, as I said a million times. Like, I love an Alaskan reality show. I love Alaska on TV. It, like, nowhere, I need to go to Alaska so bad. But nowhere, like, looks as good on TV as Alaska does. Like, the B-roll is beautiful. So they're all at the Palin house. Sarah's being Sarah. Sarah's, like, unbearable in this show to me because she's so weird. Did you guys all watch the movie Game Changer with, who the fuck was in that? Juliana Moore. Was it Juliana Moore as Sarah Palin? I think it was Juliana Moore. And it's, like, Sarah Palin in the 2008 election. And I take this movie as canon. I treat it as a documentary. And basically the whole thing was just about, like, what a fucking idiot Sarah Palin is and how she, like basically had like a nervous breakdown during the campaign and like would go into these canatonic states and during the (laughs) debate prep (laughs) she kept calling joe biden oh biden like obama and just like was so unprepared and was so dumb and like the reality is she's probably not dumb like she did get herself elected governor like you can't be oh that's not true but you can't be like that dumb Look, we could get into a whole thing about George W. Bush and his intelligence, but we're, we just can't do that today, guys. We can't. I, maybe we'll do a bonus episode on my opinion <laughs> of certain political leaders' IQs. <laughs> could you imagine? Welcome back to Pod Save America with Liz Bentley. <laughs> um, I'm, like, laying completely flat, and I think it's causing, like, a real bad vibe for this podcast, and I apologize. <laughs> I went to yoga this morning. I'm very tired. By the way, this lady next to me during yoga, hot yoga, which remember gets like 98 degrees when everybody's in there and we're in full sweat, wore a long sleeve sweater the entire class. Sometimes, like I understand, people come in, they have a long sleeve shirt on because it's like 19 degrees out here. And then as soon as they warm up, like they take off their sweater. I get it. I respect it. A person that wears long pants and a long sleeves, like, warm-up jacket thing, the entirety of hot yoga is, like, psychotic. I just, I don't get it. But halfway through hot yoga, I'm, like, ready to puke because I'm so hot. I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how people do that, guys. It's really, I've been thinking about it all day. I went to a 10-15 class and it's now 4 p.m. And I'm still, like, deeply deeply disturbed by it (laughs) I'm so off track I just want to talk about my life today I don't want to talk about teen mom because teen mom wasn't that fun this week anyway um Levi and Sunny oh we were talking about Sarah Palin game changer she's apparently really stupid and like is hard to relate to and just like very weird Uh, I suggest you watch that movie. It's an HBO original movie. Highly suggest it's relevant to our teen mom interests. I don't remember if Bristol's in it or not because I watched this in 2012, maybe. Um, Okay, but 
Trip like makes a cake for his family. Trip is a very cute and endearing kid. He's a little Bentley, don't you think so? Not like a little Liz Bentley, like a little Bentley Edwards. So Levi and Sonny come over to pick him up. Bristol's like, this is gonna be awkward. Her voice is so Farah, it's crazy. Uh, they bring him, they bring them a trash bag <laughs> of caribou meat, which is like, okay, that's great. And Levi's like, hey, I read the contract, like, I'm fine to sign it before we leave. And by the way, how much was the plane ticket? And she's like, 250 And he hands her maybe 125 I'm guessing in cash. She didn't say exactly how much, but he just like pulls cash out. And I was like, oh, damn, Levi came to play, I think. That's Sonny, his wife. I'm going to do some more research into this this week because I read a stray Reddit comment that Sonny talks shit on Bristol on Instagram. And so I need to go or like did in the past. So I need to go get all of that drama. By the way, I think Sonny is like the cutest fucking name. Like maybe not for an adult woman, but like Sonny is just, it's so cute. Although it does make me think of a boy and think of Sonny and Cher. But I think that Sonny was like, Levi, Bristol brought up that contract when she called you and they were recording because I'm pretty positive, like, if they're going to call, she'd like probably send them a text like, hey, I'm about to call you, we're on camera, or she says like, we're filming and they cut that out. So I think Sonny is like, hey, 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 Levi, Bristol's already framing this narrative that you're not signing the contract because Sonny was probably sitting right next to him when they talked about it. And she's like, we're going to show up at that house with the cameras there. And the first thing out of your fucking mouth is going to be, we're signing that contract. Then you're going to hand her cold, hard cash for that plane ticket. I think Sonny knows what's up. And I think she is pushing Levi to come off as better on TV. And let me tell you, like, I personally love that. I'm here for that. I love that. I honor that. I think that's great. I love the idea that Sunny has, like, this, that her motive for being involved in this is, like, to make sure that uh, Levi comes off better than Bristol. Oh, I love that. She should, like, hook up with Dakota, not, like, hook up. But she should, like, get in touch with Dakota and teach Dakota how to come off better on camera. This is my fan fiction, and I'm sticking to it. So, yeah, that was Bristol for this week, and I'm going to go on to Caitlin after a quick break. Okay, Kate and Tyler this week, I want to say, was one of those weeks where I read about it online and I expected it to be a lot worse (laughs) than I watched it and was like, oh, this wasn't bad at all and like nothing bad even happened. So my first note is, okay, why Kate and Tyler have that huge fucking camper in their driveway? Do they go camping a lot? I remember last season or the season before they, like, went camping one time. But are they regular campers? Is that their thing? Or did Tyler just go out and spend 50... I was about to say $50,000, but I don't think they cost (laughs) $50,000. I don't think that's accurate. Um, $10,000? I actually have no idea how much campers cost. My ex-boyfriend had one once that he... (laughs) His dad, like, owned this marina that was, like, an hour away from us, so he would work there and then um, live in the camper, and 
I think he bought that for like $1,500, but it was much smaller than that. And it was obviously like 30 years old. It was fine. It was nice. It had like a bathroom. It was, it was okay, but I don't, it wasn't like $15,000, $50,000. So I have no idea how much that costs, but it's huge. I noticed it in their driveway and noticed that camping doesn't seem to have any relevance to their life. And yet they have that huge camper. Mm. Okay, so Kate says that Nova's been very attached to her since she got back from treatment. I want to comment on the fact that people online seem to think that Kate is not bonded whatsoever to Nova, that Nova and Kate have basically no relationship, that she never pays attention to her. I just don't see that. Is Kate, like, the most maternal person to ever walk this earth? Like, no. But they seem pretty bonded to me. Kate is with her a lot of the times. I think that these two, uh, like, trips to treatment have just been so fucking overblown by the fandom. Should she have went to the second treatment center? The second treatment. I guess technically third. Probably not. She should have tried outpatient in Michigan. Like, I think I'm on record as saying, like, that wasn't the best idea. But I, like, and I'm not downplaying the fact that, like, Nova had two, like, traumatic experiences with Kate. And I think that they should probably have her, like, in play therapy or whatever. I'm not, like, downplaying any of that. But I feel like people have gone so far into their Kate hatred that they've, like, totally skewed reality and, like, now acts like Kate has never parented Nova, that Kate was never Nova's primary caregiver, that Tyler's the only one in Nova's life. Oh, my God, I just put on my glasses, and they're, like, the dirtiest thing to ever exist. Whew! But they act like, you know, Tyler's the only person that's ever taken care of Nova, and Kate doesn't do shit with Nova, and Kate never does shit anywhere, and she's never taken care of a house, and all she does is sit around. And it's just bullshit. Like, is Kate a lazy person? Like, yeah. Like, I'm a lazy person. I mean, I'm, like, recording a podcast laying horizontal. I actually shifted some things around, so I'm sitting up so I can give you some more energy. Um, But Kate is, like, probably a pretty lazy person. But so is Tyler, I think. (laughs) I think that Kate and Tyler have probably always been pretty equal partners, I think that if you go back and you rewatch the past seasons, if you watch this episode and you watch that one clip of Tyler wiping down the counter and Kate sitting at the chair and you said, all Kate does is sit around when Tyler cleans, then I beg you to go back and watch, rewatch old episodes because Kate is constantly cleaning in them. She used to like constantly clean on camera. She'd be wiping down counters. She'd be sweeping, like not doing deep clean, like in her cleaning clothes you know, which, by the way, I ruined a sweatshirt this week cleaning with, like, Clorox spray. I mean, it's a $7 sweatshirt from Walmart, but I'm still not pleased about it. Um, But, like, Kate is constantly doing stuff. She's constantly cleaning. She was constantly taking care of Nova. It was not until this last year in which she had basically a mental breakdown, which uh, required her to go to treatment, that this, like, power, this not power dynamic, but, like, work dynamic in their home has seemed to shift and fallen more on Tyler. Now, is that fair? No. Is life fair? No. Do I feel bad that Tyler has to do more than his fair share of the work? Not really. Um, because I don't think it's something that's permanent. 
I think it's just something that's going on for the last like six months because if you have to remember you have to remember this I think Kate went to treatment in November 2017 and what we're seeing right now is like August so what's that like nine months I don't I just I think Kate is getting such a bad rap this season and it's like kind of upsetting me to see how hard people are coming down on her and basically completely forgetting the last however many years we've been watching them on TV and like I understand like it's very easy to not have like Kate's cleaning committed to memory the reason that I've committed to memory is because people online always say she like is disgusting she's dirty she looks like she smells like all stuff about her being fat right like it's all fat shaming stuff and I would always be like you say it looks like she smells but like the whole last episode we saw her sweeping we saw her back probably not vacuuming while filming we saw her wiping down countertops. Like, Kate always took care of Nova. It wasn't until she, like, went through this really bad mental health situation that things changed. Now, I'm concerned that Kate has not been doing aftercare because we really haven't heard anything about aftercare. They talk about counseling, but only in reference to Tyler wanting Kate to go to couples counseling. I'm con- Is she doing outpatient? I'm concerned that she's not taking care of herself very well mentally. I'm curious about her medicine. I'm curious about how she got pregnant. She is already pregnant in these scenes that we're watching. So I'm concerned about all of that. I don't think Kate is doing the best job. But I just don't think she's doing as bad as the internet at large is making it out. I think the worst part about this show in the fandom at large is the need for every cast, character, whatever, every segment to have a hero and a villain. And I think that Tyler and Kate have fallen victim to this a lot. And in the past, it would be Tyler, like in the Ain't No Heifer for a Wife segments. It was Tyler as the villain. Now I think Kate's getting the villain treatment. And I think that's a shame because I don't think she's a villain. I think she's mentally ill. And yes, you can be both. But I don't think Kate is like a malicious person. I don't think Kate is a bad person. Like, for instance, Amber is somebody who's mentally ill and also a bad person, like, and does bad things, and she is the true villain of her segments. Kate is just sick, and she just gets so much shit. So basically, Caitlin and Tyler are nervous about leaving Nova, but I think I think that Kate really fucked up just basically dropping Nova off and then leaving for six weeks and not explaining to her what was going on, even though she's very young, she probably wouldn't understand it. And I think Tyler really fucked up by saying mommy was at work. Because now Nova hears work and she thinks that mommy's leaving for six weeks. Um, I saw a lot of people online saying, like, why doesn't she just bring Nova with her? I think that wouldn't have been a terrible idea, but Tyler or somebody else would have also had to go because she was going to film. Oh, by the way, she was going to film the show What Would You Do?, She was, like, on some segment about adoption, which you know I didn't watch. I did like her outfit, though. And this episode really made made it obvious that Kate has lost weight. Because she, in this episode, she's, like, when she does films, what would you do? She's wearing, like, tight clothes. And she definitely looks a lot heavier 
there than when I saw her in person. And even in pictures from the reunion in which she wore the same... <laughs> Tyler and Kate, by the way, wore the same outfits to the reunion that they wore to the fight in AC. And, like, I love and respect that because when I find an outfit that I think looks good, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm wearing this again. Case in point, I was wearing an outfit at work on Monday or Tuesday and I was like, this looks great. I'm wearing this to Thanksgiving. And I wore it to Thanksgiving. <laughs> so that's something I deeply relate to. But, you know, I think she could have brought Nova. I don't think it would have been the end of the... I think it would have been cool to bring Nova. But I also think it's very important that Kate goes on her trip, she goes for two days, and she comes back. I think Nova's biggest insecurity is that mom leaving and mom not coming back. And I think it's really important that they show to her that, like, mom is going to leave for work and then she's going to come back. I saw a ton of shit like, oh, there goes Kate leaving Nova again. Poor Tyler has to take care of her. Guys, Tyler leaves Nova just as often as Kate. Yes, he did not leave for two treatments. (laughs) And I understand that. And I'm not discounting that. And that was extremely traumatic. But anytime, they don't bring Nova with them when they travel. If you guys have noticed, I don't think they've ever traveled with Nova. I'm trying to think, has Nova ever been to a reunion? I don't think so. Nova didn't go with them to AC. I don't think she was in New York with them this weekend for the reunion. Um, Nova doesn't go to Texas when they go to see Butch and Amber. Like, Tyler travels almost just as often as Kate and without Nova. So, this is something they both do. I just think it's really important that Tyler learn or that Nova learns that, like, Mommy's going to leave for work and Mommy's going to come back. I think that that's probably more important than bringing Nova along, you know, I think it's just more important that she feels she can feel secure knowing that mommy's going to go and mommy's going to come back. Uh, Tyler suggests that why Kate is gone, that she fill out the couple's counseling questionnaire, which supposedly she does. Uh, Tyler, why Kate is gone, Tyler goes and meets with Kim and discusses the questionnaire and couple's counseling. And I, oh, okay, look, I understand they're on TV. I I get they're on TV and that they film their conversations. If I found out that my husband was talking shit on his mother to me, to me, about me, talking shit on, about me to his mother is what I'm trying to say. And then like goes and talks to her about her couples counseling. I just find that so gross. Like it's just such a different level than if he had been like talking to one of his friends. I know he doesn't have a lot of friends, but it would have been, I just think there's something so slimy about when Tyler and Kim talk about Kate. I just, I don't like it because you know that Kim is always on Tyler's side and that she comes down pretty harshly on Kate, sometimes rightfully, sometimes very rightfully, and sometimes not so rightfully. And I just, mm, I just don't like it. I don't like, something about it makes my skin crawl when I see them start to talk about Kate. By the way, I did want to point out Kim and Tyler were sitting on a memorial bench and like you could clearly see the person's name and I wonder if that person's family realizes that their memorial bench was on MTV. I hope that somebody recognized it and let them know because like if I had a loved one who had a memorial bench and then that bench was on TV I would like lose my shit. That would be fucking awesome. So if you happen to know whose memorial bench they were sitting on if you're from Michigan and like you know like you should let them know. I just, I don't know. I I noticed that you could clearly see the name for like a full minute. And that made me happy. So Kate goes to New York. They film this, film this. They finish filming the show. 
she calls Tyler and Nova's fine. Apparently she would start to freak out a little bit and then she would say, two days, two days, she'll be back in one day. And I think exactly what I, it's exactly what I was saying. She just needs security knowing that her mom will come back. I do believe that those trips to treatment were traumatic for Nova, but I also believe that she's a child and that she can get over it and that'll be a drop in the water. And I don't remember anybody having this like panic concern over what happened when Javi deployed. Nobody was like, well, what about Lincoln? It was all like, eh, he's young. He'll be fine. He'll move on. You know, like kids separate from parents sometimes and it doesn't have to be the end of the world. As long as Caitlin and Tyler like make sure to going forward, give a very secure life for Nova, I think she'll be okay. Will they give her a very secure life? Jury's still out. So Kate says she filled out the questionnaire and uh, the producer comes in and like, he's like, so was there anything on there that like you feel like you need to work on in your marriage? And she's like, yeah. (laughs) Kate looked at her like, yeah, dum-dum. There's a lot of stuff. She says that she feels that Tyler comes across really sharp and that she like takes it too sensitively and she is takes it really personally, which I think is an accurate description of the way they talk. And when Caitlin gets home, they have this weird fucking conversation where they talk to one another in cliches. They don't, I don't, I think it's because they're talking on camera And they don't want to get too deep into it on camera. Except, I don't know, because do you think Kate and Tyler censor themselves on camera? I want you to let me know. Come on to EBP underscore feathers on Twitter. Well, and Instagram. I just said Twitter, but I was really meaning to plug my Instagram. Come on to my Instagram and let me know if you think that Caitlin and Tyler censor themselves through the cameras. I think they repeat conversations for the cameras. Like, earlier in the episode... Kate had asked what Nova does when uh, Kate leaves. And I think that was a repeated for the camera conversation. I think they've had that conversation before. But I'm curious if like this conversation they had with one another about their relationship was just not deep because they're like, we don't want to discuss this on camera. Or if it wasn't deep because I don't know if they get deep with one another. I don't know if Kate and Tyler really talk to each other. Like when the cameras aren't there... I wonder if they, like, even talk. I think they sit in front of the TV. I think they watch shows together. I think they sit on their phones next to one another. I think maybe they talk about Nova. But I wonder how much they actually talk to each other about one another and about their relationship. I'm going to guess not a lot at all. Like, they, this scene was really hard to watch. They had basically no chemistry um, there does not seem to be any connection there. They, I mean, let's be real. Like, they really had chemistry. I would have to go back and watch, like, season one of Teen Mom. But I would never say they had a lot of chemistry. But they don't even seem to have a connection. Now, it comes out sometimes, like we talked about in the last episode, when she was describing Bristol to Tyler and like, in a way that we as an audience, or at least me and my three guests were like, didn't really understand, but Tyler immediately understood exactly what she was saying. So I do think they know each other well, but I do not think that they are connected anymore. And I think that is the going to be the deal breaker for their relationship, because I don't think the issue in their relationship is that Kate went away to treatment. 
you know, I think that was hard. I think that was very hard for Tyler. Uh, he had to be the full-time caregiver for their child and take care of their house and their animals and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that you can move past that and a couple can move past that and a relationship can move past that if you have a connection underneath and if there is love there and if you want to push through because your connection with this person is so great that like everything else is worth it, you know, and like getting through all those shitty moments is worth it because you are so deeply connected to this person and like at your base there is love. And I just don't think that exists for Kate and Tyler. And I don't know if it's ever existed for Kate and Tyler. I think trauma and circumstance was always their connect, was always like the base of their relationship, right? It was, it started off with the trauma of their childhoods. And I think they could really relate to one another because of their traumatic childhoods, their drug addicted parents. They were both poor. They both were bad at school. All of those things brought them together. Then Carly and losing Carly, like, glued them together. And then the circumstances of being on Teen Mom, like, cemented them together. And that's sad. (laughs) Because I don't think that's a good base for a long-term relationship. And I think it's so sad that they're bringing another baby into this situation without trying to, like, fall in love with each other first. I think they say they love each other and I think that they have a deep circumstantial connection to one another, but I don't think they necessarily not even romantically love each other. I don't know if they've ever like really truly been deeply in love. If you go back and you watch early seasons or if you watch them especially on VH1's couples counseling, Couples Therapy, I think it was what it was called, Couples Therapy, they went on and Tyler, like, tore Caitlin to shreds. <laughs> like, he and caught off their engagement on TV. He said he never loved her. He didn't love her. Um, then it played out more on being Kate. Like, they have never had, like, a deep connection. If you'll remember, like, in early seasons, she was living with him because she had nowhere else to live. He didn't want her living there. Kim, like, kicked her out on his behalf. Like, they, I think they just, like, never loved each other because they were teenagers. And most teenagers aren't really in love. Some are, but most are not. Like, I look back on how much I loved my high school boyfriend. Like, I didn't love him. I just, like, said I loved him because I was supposed to love him because he was my boyfriend. And he, like, really hurt my feelings and made me feel a lot. (laughs) And I, like, confuse that feeling of pain and, like, being kind of obsessed with him with love. <laughs> and then I, like, really fell in love and I was like, oh, yeah, I I didn't love him. Like, <laughs> okay, I didn't love him. At, I mean, I, like, cared about him and I liked him, but I didn't love him. And I think that's, like, where Kate and Tyler are. But because of, like, this weird traje- trajectory, I can't say a word right now, that they went on from being on 16 and Pregnant now through being on Team Mom OG for they're in season eight or whatever. I just think that they are so bonded for the wrong reasons. And I don't know how as a couple you move on from that. And I don't know how as a couple you stay together when your only connection is through trauma and circumstance. Also, if they get better, how do they stay together? Because if Kate isn't, like, a codependent, like, mess of trauma and Tyler isn't taking care of her, 
do they do they have a place together? I don't think so. If they move on and heal from the Carly trauma, do they have a place together? Absolutely not. They are really ugh, ugh. it gives me like gross chills thinking about like how warped the foundation of their relationship is. And I just don't see a future for them when it's like that. But I will say, I do think a lot of people have projected onto Tyler that he like hates himself and that he wants to leave her. And I ha- I think on record, I've said on this podcast that I think Kate could leave him because I think Kate hates him just as much as he hates her or whatever it is that's going on. But I think in reality, neither one of them probably cares to leave that much. I think leaving would be so hard and so difficult and require such a life change that neither one of them really wants to. And I think that we watch Tyler and we say like, well, he has to want to leave her. Like he hates her. But like maybe he doesn't. And maybe they just like are fine with that contempt and they don't care about living in that contempt for one another. And they're okay together. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. It's like not a fully formed thought that I know how to like describe but it makes sense in my head. So that's what matters most, right? So basically, they have this conversation. And Tyler says he wants to walk the walk, not talk the talk. Like just cliche after cliche. Kate says she's scared to open old wounds, which I think Fair enough. I don't think it's a good reason not to go to counseling, but I think it's an understandable reason. Like, it's understandable to feel that way because I know that part of what was keeping me sick for so long was just, like, my inability to, like, want to deal with any of my shit. And I think that's where Kate is. And it's not a good place to be. I think Kate is feeling very overwhelmed at the prospect that her depression and mental health issues have really damaged her marriage and I think she felt okay when she was in treatment and was working on herself and feeling better about herself and getting stabilized on her meds and was doing better and doing great and things were good and then I think she was like really hit in the face at the idea that not only is she going to have to deal with this, but also she's going to have to fix her marriage and that Tyler is unhappy. I think that that was a devastating blow to her. And I think that does come from a selfish place. But I also don't think it's necessarily bad that or wrong that she feels that way. I think anybody that's been in a relationship by dealing with mental health issues, when you like fully comprehend how much your mental health issues have fucked up your relationship, it's like it's devastating and it's overwhelming and it's like this work. You finally have like accepted that you feel better, like that you feel ready to like tackle yourself, right? And to make things better for yourself. And then you tell yourself like, well, when I do that, like everything in my life is going to be great. And then you have this husband sitting over here who's like, I'm unhappy and we need to do a lot to fix our marriage. And she's like, oh, like, I can't deal with that. Like, I just became okay with the idea of fixing myself. I can't now deal with our marriage, too. And that's unfortunate, and that's not fair to Tyler. But I think that's how Kate feels. By the way, something that's getting totally lost in the sauce between this show, the online response, and my head is that Tyler is bipolar disorder and Tyler got diagnosed with bipolar disorder and Tyler's not getting medicated for his bipolar disorder. And he's seen that holistic psychiatrist lady, um, the one who, su- who suggests that they watch the show is a holistic psychiatrist 
which like, whatever. I'm not anti holistic treatments for some things. And I'm definitely not anti, um, like homeopathy of like mind, body, soul, like duh, bitch. I go to high yoga. Like I love a mind, body, soul connection, but like I fucking do the 12 steps. Like, trust me, I'm like, I'm all cool and like spiritual solutions and I know homeopathy isn't spiritual, but, like, this idea that mind, body, soul are all connected, I'm, like, so fucking on board with that. But I don't think Tyler's treating his bipolar disorder. And I think that that is a major part of why he's unhappy and what's going on in their marriage. And I think it's kind of shitty that that's not getting acknowledged by anybody, including Tyler and Caitlin. I don't think that's really fair, that it's her mental health issues and her mental health issues only that are affecting their relationship. And basically, Tyler has no responsibility in that at all. I wonder what he would be like if he got medicated and wasn't just, like, starving himself and going to the gym three hours a day, because that's what he does now. So, Tyler says that he is unhappy. And Kate... (laughs) Kate had a really bad response. And... She says, but I'm sure you're happy with some things, right? Life isn't peaches and cream. That's for sure. (sighs) There's so much to unpack there, guys. There's so fucking much to unpack there. Okay. First of all, when someone tells you they're unhappy, your answer is not to say, but I'm sure you're happy about some things, right? That's an awful response. It's completely invalidating Tyler's feelings. And this shows, like, where Kate is such a bad partner. I think Kate is completely incapable of emotionally pulling up Tyler. And it's because of her own mental health issues. But, you know, partners should be able to pull one another up and support one another. And, like, where one partner falls, the other one can pull them up. And Tyler is drowning. And Kate is just standing there watching him. Um, Well, I guess, actually, Kate's next to him drowning, too. I think Kate, like, maybe has her head, like, a tiny bit above water and is, like, looking over at Tyler, like, struggling to get to the surface. And she's like, just swim. And it's very sad and it's unfortunate because she isn't able to apply, like, her own life and feelings to Tyler. Because I'm sure if when she's talking about killing herself that Tyler said, yeah, but, like, there are some things you like in life, right? She would lose it like anybody would. So for Ty, so I think Caitlin just like constantly, constantly shuts down Tyler and invalidates his feelings. And I think Tyler like is losing it, rightfully so. What Caitlin's response should have been is, I really understand that you're not happy and that makes me feel so sad. And I want to work to get better to make sure that you're happy. And I know that we've been focusing a lot on my happiness, but now I want to be here for you to focus on your happiness. But she's selfish. And I don't think she's selfish on purpose. I think she's sick. And I think, and this is like, like I said, this is the whole thing with me that makes me really sympathetic to Kate, even though she is in the wrong in a lot of this, is that I don't think she's doing any of this maliciously. I think Kate, I think people really downplay how awful Kate's life has been from the literal moment she was born to a drug addicted mother. Kate has had trauma since she came out of the womb. And that is tough. And I think that we don't 
recognize that enough. Not we're, we're like, yeah, well, April was bad. And like her childhood was bad. But like we like really just don't acknowledge like the absolute trauma that Kate has had her entire life. Because she doesn't really talk about it much. Which I know sounds crazy because they talk about trauma a lot. But only in regards to Carly. And she'll randomly say like, oh, well, my childhood and, like, stuff about my childhood. But she really doesn't talk about, like, the horrificness of her childhood very often. So, yeah, I think it's, like, I think Kate is selfish because, like, that's in in this regards. Because I think she just, like, her brain, like, can't handle taking on any of Tyler's stress and anxiety and his issues. And if... Honestly, if that's the case and it doesn't get any better and Kate's not working on it, then Tyler should leave Kate because he deserves to have a partner that can help her, you know? And then that means they're totally not healthy together if she can't do anything to help him. Like, that's that's not right. So, for her to say life isn't peaches and cream, that's for sure. I think that was her her brain once again being like, yeah, but I've dealt with all of this shit. I think she just isn't that sympathetic to Tyler. It's just so tough to watch. It was one of those, like, like you just, like, suck in through your teeth where you're, like, and you, like, grimace. Like, you make a fool. I wish <laughs> I'm, like, doing a face like you guys can see it right now. But you just, like, did a few, like, a fool, like, ugh. And then it gets even worse in which Kate says... <laughs> They made it through the adoption so they can make it through anything, which, by the way, is such a mentality. You should never feel, like, you should never about, okay, I think it's okay to have it about yourself. Like, if Kate said, I made it through the trauma of my adoption so I can make it through anything, that's okay. But I don't think you should ever be like, oh, well, we made it through this, so we're good. Because that's not how relationships are. And oftentimes, something that's less significant can break your relationship you know and that can be true in a lot of things like my uh old roommate would always share that like her when she finally got sober was like that bottom she hit then was like not nearly as bad as some of the other shit she had gone through it was just like time for her to be done and I think that that like for Kate to be like, well, we got through that so we can get through anything. It's like, no, stop downplaying what's going on right now. And she even says something little like this. Well, shit like this. That shouldn't break us. And Tyler's like, this isn't little. And she's like, but did you hear me? I changed my words. But like, the point was made, Kate. And it just... It's just really hard watching her be so selfish. And if she was really, like, being proactive in her aftercare and individual counseling, I'm not sure she would be coming across so selfish, which is why I think she's not doing her aftercare like she's supposed to. So the episode ends with Kate suggesting they go on a couple's retreat to Sedona to kickstart all of their counseling, which, like, whatever... That's what the two of them do. By the way, I noticed there were no screams of protest of Tyler agreeing to go on this couple's counseling and leave Nova. Because Tyler doesn't care about leaving Nova either. <laughs> I talked a lot about Kate and Tyler. Oh, okay. Um, quickly, Amber 
nothing really happens. She is back to boxing, which, like, good for her. Although, I'm one of those people who thinks that aggressive outlets for aggressive people are scary and not to be encouraged. I'm not one of those people that's like, you're angry, you should box. I'm like, you're angry, why don't you do some Pilates? Like... You should do something non-aggressive to get it out. Like, maybe you should do Pilates and meditation. So, Andrew's contracted, contracted, contacted by some charity about working out in front of, in front of fat kids. Like, is that, is that what you guys got? Because <laughs> that's what I got. Um, they go to LA and she does boxing in front of the kids, but, like, not even, like, actual boxing. Like, she like hits gloves like gloves and what are they called pads um it was really boring and stupid but I guess like I guess it was positive for Amber it was good to see her doing something positive and you know what like I'm not gonna talk shit about Amber at all in this segment I just don't have anything to say because what was the point of any of it I don't know uh Cheyenne Felt like she had really short segments this episode. Like, not even, I didn't take a lot of notes, but I remember looking up and being like, is this only Cheyenne's second segment? Um, so Corey, I guess, is from Michigan and he's there for a week and he wants Cheyenne to fly Ryder out to see his family. But, like, if he wants Ryder to see his family, why doesn't he just fly Ryder out there with him and then stay for a couple days and then bring Ryder back? Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So, Zach says, basically, that she can't go unless he goes with her, and Cheyenne's family is over it. Um, Her friend, who I guess co-parents, is like, no, he shouldn't come between them, but, like, I don't think you should stay at his house. I don't know. I didn't care about any of this, but basically, it ends with, like, I don't even know if they broke up, because I could barely pay attention to this. It just does not work on this show. Cheyenne and Corey do not work on this show. I don't care about Zach and Cheyenne at all. Basically, she's like, well, Corey and I are still figuring out our dynamic, so nobody else can understand, so you just, like, shouldn't judge us. And it's like, yeah, dum-dum, then maybe you shouldn't be in a relationship. Maybe you should figure things out with Corey and your dynamic before getting into a relationship. And then they end by fighting, and I didn't even understand what they were fighting about. And that's it. So, Macy says that since she found out that Tyler's in rehab, that things have been better between her and Jen. Jen come, Jen and Larry come to pick up Bentley. They are cute with the other kids. Larry's cute with uh, little Maverick and basically asks if they can take Benny to Atlanta that weekend. I'm guessing they have family that lives in Atlanta. And Macy was like, oh, sorry, but we're going to Texas. Like, let us know in advance next time. And they're like, oh, well, we had just decided. So Taylor and Macy, like, do a quick, you know, discussion. And they say, like, it went a lot better with Jen picking up Ben and Larry. Ben and Larry. Uh, With Jen and Larry picking up Bentley. And Taylor thinks that there's just a lack of communication on all their parts. And Macy's like, okay, like, I agree, but he's our son. We only get to raise him once. And I want him to do things with us. And Tyler agrees. Tyler Taylor agrees and basically makes the point that, like, he's not happy 100%. Like, him and Macy are happy 100%. 
Jen and Larry aren't 100% happy, but Bentley seems 100% happy, and that's all that really matters. So even if they don't love sending him over there all the time, like, Bentley loves it, and that's what matters. And Taylor really got a shine bright episode, did he not? (laughs) This episode was all about Taylor. (laughs) So the family goes to Texas to see Taylor's family, and I don't really care except that Maverick is, like, snuggled up with Taylor's mom's dog, which was very cute. Then we're at Jen and Larry's, and the producer asks how often they see Bentley, and Jen says she texts Macy every single weekend to see him. And she says sometimes she texts me back, sometimes she doesn't. And Larry's like, look, if we don't ask, they, like, it's definitely a no. Okay. This is insane. They need to have, a, like, a set visitation schedule. Bentley should be going over there one Saturday night a month, right? Like one Saturday to Sunday a month, not more, not less. It's crazy. I mean, first of all, that's annoying as fuck that Jen and Larry are texting him every weekend. Like that would annoy the fuck out of me, but I can't necessarily blame them for it. If they have to ask to see him, there's no set schedule. Like Macy has all the power and all the control it's just this, it's just crazy. It's really crazy. What it should be is that he goes over there once a month, like sleeps over there once a month, one Saturday night a month. Jen and Larry are invited to all of his games and all of his school activities. And that if he wants to go over there another time, he can. That's all it should be. I don't, I can't believe that like they are so disorganized and so bad at communicating with one another that Jen and Larry are texting them every single weekend. And Macy doesn't always answer, which, I'm sorry, is rude as fuck. It is so easy to send a text back. If you're a bad texter, like, mm -mm. no respect for that. You don't have to send a lot, but you have to acknowledge it. We also got a scene of, like, Macy and Taylor going to party with his friends, and they basically talk about if it's hard for Ryan to see, like, Taylor coaching Bentley from the stands, and Macy's like, he's not in the stands. (laughs) Macy, like, clearly says that, you know, it wasn't like Taylor showed up and then Ryan dipped out because he was, like, pushed out from Taylor. It's that Ryan never showed up. Ever. And Taylor, thank God, has stepped up. Um, and I agree with that. I mean, I think, I think everybody can agree with that, right? Like, Ryan never stepped up. It was always Ryan's parents. And lucky for Bentley, he has an active stepfather in his life who loves him very much. He has a bunch of grandparents. He has Jen and Larry. He has Macy's parents. He has Taylor's parents. He has three sets of grandparents. That's pretty great. Plus, who knows if he sees Mackenzie's parents, too. He has multiple sets of grandparents that love him. And unfortunately, he has a really shitty dad. But that was it for OG this week. Um, Bristol's a snake. That's my main takeaway from it. Let's go to Young and Pregnant. So, they've, Brianna's officially been in Oregon for two months, and Robert finally has a job. It's Brayson's first birthday, but it was very non-eventful. I mean, I don't think they have, like, they went out to lunch with her grandfather. I don't think they have a lot of people to invite to a party. I don't think they can afford a birthday party. Okay, Sarah, Sarah. Um, she FaceTimes with Vanessa to talk about Robert, and she just hates Robert. Like, that's my main takeaway of this episode is that Brianna has officially reached a point where she fucking hates Robert. 
and doesn't want to hear anything Robert has to say, doesn't want to see anything Robert has to do, Robert has to does? No. She doesn't want to see anything Robert does. She just, she doesn't want anything to do with Robert, and she wants Robert out of her house and out of her sight. And I can understand that, but I also have very little sympathy for Brianna because she moved, she let a guy she'd been with for five months move to Oregon. Also, now her sister's, like, talking shit on him, and I'm like, okay, you were, like, obsessed with Robert, like, less than two months ago. You were like, Robert is the best. He's an amazing dad. He really stepped up. But now she's like, fuck Robert. <laughs> oh, Brie and Robert talk, and apparently Robert was late for work two days in a row. <sighs> Brie asked Robert how he's feeling about the conversation they had. And Robert agrees he needs to be on his own more. But, like, how's Robert going to be on his own more? He doesn't drive and he doesn't have any friends or family in Oregon. Brianna's an idiot, honestly. Like, she's stupid. She moves this guy out here. This guy who doesn't speak, first of all. She's like, I don't understand why he doesn't say anything when we talk. Because he doesn't speak. That's clear as day to me. And people are like, like, her sister's like, yeah, but he's like a guy. Like, I don't think it has to do with him being a guy. I think he just doesn't talk. <laughs> um, so, you know, clear as day, Robert is somebody that does not speak a lot. Brianna's mad at him for not speaking. But she moves this guy out here who, I would guess, in his regular life, probably didn't have a lot of friends. Um, he doesn't have any friends there. He doesn't have any family there. And she's like, I need space from you. He doesn't have a fucking driver's license. He didn't have a driver's license in Wisconsin, I'm guessing. Because if he did, he would just be driving in Oregon on his Wisconsin license. Like, I, I just don't have sympathy for her situation at all. She's very frustrating to watch. She's like, I just want to be alone with Brayson, but I don't want to end things. It's like, okay, I don't think that's really how it works. But, I mean, by next week, she has to break up with him, right? Like, I don't think Robert's going to be on this show very much longer. Oh, can't wait to see him get on that Greyhound and go back to Wisconsin where his family is. We're, hopefully they'll open him with open arms and be like, yeah, we kind of figured this would happen. So Lexi got a full-time job. I don't think they said where or I totally missed it. And Kyler is going to watch the baby like full-time, but he refuses to do it at her house. He's only going to do it at his house, which is his grandma's house, by the way. So Kyler is fine taking care of him. Uh, I noticed Lexi still nurses him, but, and Kyler even asked if her boobies hurt, like, after work all day, but I was like, does she pump at work? Does she pump ever? Is he having formula? I wish I would talk more about breastfeeding on this show. You know, bring some normalcy to it. Lexi has been breastfeeding for, like, a full year at that point. They should talk about that. So... Lexi goes to lunch with her parents, and she, like, isn't even seeing them because she stays at Kyler's house, and they are, her stepdad asks if Kyler's attitude has gotten any better, and Lexi's like, he doesn't want to not see you, he doesn't want to see any family, his family included. I'm like, yeah, but doesn't he live with his family? I'm guessing he must live with his grandma, who probably isn't around very much, and his siblings live with his mom. I don't know. I'm Kyler's a little confusing to me in Kyler's family situation. So Amber basically just like once again, like she said last episode, it's like, you know, we've been so accommodating to Kyler. We just don't deserve the animosity that he like has for us. And Lexi says it takes two to tango, which, okay, no, it, 
I mean, in that is not an applicable saying to this situation because Amber, at least as far as we know, Amber and her stepdad haven't done shit to Kyler. And you don't, it actually doesn't take two to tango for somebody to be an asshole. And Amber was like, that was a shot at me. And I know it was a shot at me, but I'm a big girl and I can take it. Basically, I think this is going to be the storyline for the rest of Lexi's life. Is that, like, even post the show, is that she's going to have a shitty boyfriend. He's going to be shitty to her parents. Her parents are going to be nice about it, but, like, want to talk about it. And she'll stick up for him. Which is sad. See, really nothing happened in this episode. Like, nothing. My dog's barking outside my room and my mom is, like, nice and trying to stop him. Okay, so... Barr and Ashley got into a fight, and I'm wondering if this is the fight that was on Instagram Live that I definitely talked about on this podcast, but basically Ashley, like, Instagram Live, Barr and her getting into a physical fight, but also she was, like, hitting herself during the fight. Like, it was very intense and awful, and, like, at one point she was, like, on Instagram Live filming him, and then he, like, attacked her to get, like, the phone out of her hand, it was bad. It was bad. And I'm guessing that that was when this was. So according to her, they get into a huge fight and he moved out for a break. And she goes to lunch with Chris, her sister. And she was like, well, you know, like me and Barb never really broken up just for like a day or two. So I was like, okay, so you've broken up a million times. She said like him actually moving out feels really serious and that she just like, she never, you know, before they had, oh wait, they talk about that later, I guess. Um, but basically Chris is like, you guys need to learn how to talk to one another, not just fight. And Ashley's like, well, we learned it from our moms, <laughs> which was very true. Oh, so Bar and Ashley talk on the phone and they both seem sad and they're not fighting. And Ashley says like, she thinks they just underestimated how hard it would be to have Holly, like, not actually raising her, but, like, blending their families. And before they had Holly, like, they didn't need to talk to Shen if they didn't want to. Bart didn't need to be around her mom if he didn't want to. And now, like, they have to be all together because they have a baby. And she just didn't realize how hard it was. And it was honestly, like, a really, really mature fight. Like, they seem to be handling this really well. We know they're back together. Oh, they've been all over Instagram lately with, like, crazy comments on each other's stuff. And, like, they're so in love. But, I don't know. I watch this and I'm like, wow, this is really mature. And then I realize, like, a physical fight is what sparked this. And I'm like, this isn't very mature. <laughs> so she goes to the nail salon with her mom and doesn't tell her mom that her and Bar had broken up. Because she just doesn't want to hear her mom's opinion. And... Pastor T is asking her about school and, like, when she's going back, who's going to watch the baby? And she's like, well, Barr is. And T's like, you really think Barr is responsible enough to do that? And Ashley's like, yeah, he's a good dad. And T just does not agree. She says, okay, but, like, when is the last time he paid for anything for your daughter? Like, when is the last time he paid for a diaper, for formula? When's the last time he gave you any sort of money? And said that was for your daughter. And Ashley didn't have a response. And then I remembered that Barr has no job. <sighs> Those two. I think they'll be together for a long time. Like a long time. And maybe not in a good way, but they will be. 
So literally nothing happened in Jade's scenes. She got her wisdom teeth out. There was, like, nothing. The only thing that I wanted to say is that Jade and Christy, her mom, speak to one another exactly the same way. <laughs> like, speak to, like, just speak, not one to one another. But, like, speak exactly the same way. But that's it. Jade's been a real, like, she's been real boring this season. Last season I found her very entertaining, but this season I'm like, I could do without Jade. So, Kayla. Kayla explains to Annabelle the fight that she had with Jamie and that she felt like Jamie was blackmailing her into living with her. Uh, Annabelle was like, well, no, I don't think she was threatening you. I think she was just, like, telling you. You can tell Annabelle probably doesn't have a parent that pays for their phone bill or their car insurance and was just like, Kayla, come on. (laughs) Oh, man, oh, man. So... Stefan is back from Florida, and they're going to go to lunch, and Jamie is upset. Uh, I love Jamie. I stand for Jamie. Jamie is, like, so right this whole episode, and Kayla sees Stefan. Stefan wants to be a part of Isaiah's life. She wants him to be a part of his life, and he even says, like, you can't keep him from me, and she's like, Okay, but, like, if you physically attack me, I'm going to keep you from him. Um, I don't know. It was, like, just Stefan talking shit. Like, but you know Kayla totally fell for it. I bet they hooked up again after that lunch. Kayla keeps saying, like, I have no feelings for Stefan. I have no feelings for Stefan. But I don't believe that at all. And I know Jamie doesn't believe that either. So, Kayla says that she gave... Okay, I'm going to be honest. I must have zoned out during this conversation with Kayla and Stefan because I didn't hear him mention anything about going to therapy. (laughs) But Kayla says that Stefan... Kayla tells Jamie that Stefan is already going to therapy in anger management. And I miss that totally, but even if he said it, I absolutely do not believe it. I think MTV would have filmed it like they did with Sean. Also, like, how is Stefan getting to anger management? (laughs) he doesn't have a car (laughs) I don't think he like gets rides for his appointments (laughs) Uh, Jamie uh, oh so Kayla's like well you know when I go back to school like I'm gonna leave Isaiah with Stefan for one of the days and Jamie's like wait what and Jamie's whole argument is not that Stefan should not see Isaiah like that's not what she's saying she just thinks the visit should be supervised rightfully so and Kayla's like, it's his dad. He needs to see his dad. And Jamie's like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, I don't understand how you go from, like, he can't see Isaiah to he's alone with Isaiah all day. And Kayla goes, he won't be alone. He lives with people. Oh, my God. She's so dumb. You think Stefan's 20-year-old roommates are going to be supervising your visits? <sighs> God. Jamie's like, girl, What? <laughs> She's like, they obviously think Stefan's behavior is fine because they let him live there. (laughs) I just, like, Jamie is in, like, the worst possible situation. It's such a nightmare. I feel so bad for her. Um, she also was like, how do you even know Stefan's going to anger management? And Kayla's like, what, was I supposed to ask for proof? And Jamie's like, yeah, you should ask for proof. (laughs) Kayla gets so mad at her and Jamie just is like, I really don't care if you're mad at me. (laughs) 
She's like, you are putting your son in an unsafe situation and you are too wishy-washy for this. And you know what? I loved it. I love when a parent on this show is straight up with their kid and doesn't tiptoe around them and is just like, you're being dumb and you're making dumb choices. So yeah, that was it for Young and Pregnant. I know I just literally talked about them for 11 minutes, but it was a bad episode, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, follow me on Instagram, EVP underscore feathers. You can follow my personal account. It's at BentleyLiz1, but really come to my Feathers in My Hair Instagram account. I want to hear all of your thoughts and your comments on everything that I post and everything that I hear on this show, but only if it's nice because I'm a very sensitive person like Caitlin. <laughs> By the way, I know a lot of you listening probably, like, totally disagree with me about Caitlin, and that's that's fine. I just have to speak my truth, as I said a million times. All right, guys. I love ya. I'll be back next week. Bye! This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah... Giovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.